Today, as we journey together in the season of Lent, we are going to look at prayer. The power of prayer, I'm going to put this down just a little bit. Drew is much taller than I am. <laughs> taller than everyone, yes. <laughs> the power of prayer can be an amazing thing. Prayer is a conversation between you and God. Prayer is a conversation between me and God. And prayer is a conversation between us and God as a community. It can be a time for us to talk with God about our day, about what we're thinking and what we're feeling. It can be a time of intercession where we pray for others. It can be a time when we can get to praise God simply for who God is. It can be a time to listen. It can be a time to be thankful. It can be a time when we draw a little closer to the God who created us in God's own image. All of these elements can be a part of our conversation with God, but as we will learn in our gospel reading today, we, as the imperfect humans that we are, do not always come to God in the right attitude. So not every prayer that we utter brings us humbly before God. I heard this story about a little boy who was sent to his room because he had done something wrong. A few minutes later, the little boy came out and he told his mom that he had thought about what he'd done and he'd said a prayer. And his mom responded, that's fine. If you ask God to make you good, God will help you. And the little boy did not miss a beat and said, oh, I didn't ask God to help me be good. I asked God to help you put up with me. And this story really is meant to make us chuckle, but the reason that it makes us laugh is because we can relate to it. We've all met this little boy, right? And we've all tested the limits like this little boy. There are times when we have thanked God for putting up with us, at least I have. Times when maybe I become just a little too self-absorbed and I miss that chance to experience God in unlikely places and unlikely ways. Times when maybe I responded to a situation in a way that's not really the way that God taught me to respond. Times when I lash out in anger and I treat someone like they're not created in the image of God. It's at these times that I find myself thanking God for putting up with me. Or maybe a better way uh, to say this is I thank God for loving me and all of my imperfections without condition. I repent and I try to make better choices. And one way that we try to make better choices is by being present with God, sitting at God's feet, seeking to learn how to love and care like God does through prayer. As we ponder how to live into who God created us to be, we're going to look at this parable that Jesus shared uh, that compares two types of prayers that could be heard in the temple. If you would like to follow along with me, I am reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. I'm going to be reading verses 9 through 14. And I'm reading from the Common English Bible. Jesus told this parable to certain people who had convinced themselves that they were righteous and who looked on everyone else with disgust. Two people went up to the temple to pray. 
One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed about himself with these words, God, I thank you that I am not like everyone else, those crooks and those evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I receive. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He wouldn't even lift his eyes to look toward heaven. Rather, he struck his chest and he said, God, show mercy to me, a sinner. I tell you, this person went down to his home justified rather than the Pharisee. All who lift themselves up will be brought low, and those who make themselves low will be lifted up. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We learn as soon as we begin reading this parable that it is written for certain people who convinced themselves that they were righteous and who looked on everybody else with contempt. The word righteous in this passage means acting in an upright, an ethical, a moral way. So Jesus' intended, uh, Jesus's intended audience is for people who think that they are doing all the things right and that everybody else couldn't possibly live up to their standards. The Pharisee believes himself to be righteous while he looks at the tax collector with disgust. Now, we all know people who think that they are better than everyone else, who view the world through their lens of privilege and look down on those who are not living up to their standards, don't we? And we also believe that we're not like that. So at first glance, we may not think that we have anything to learn from this story. But I ask you to reconsider. Let's take a minute to consider if we may, in fact, sometimes consider ourselves better than others. Maybe you don't. But I confess there are times when I've looked down on someone and their choices. Maybe it's a friend who's a little lost and making choices that I think are a little irresponsible. I don't intentionally look down on her, but when I think to myself that I would not have made that same choice, I'm really elevating my own morality and I'm judging her for her choices. Or maybe it's that relative that makes you roll your eyes. We all have them. The one that has completely different set of values and you cannot possibly understand how you're from the same family system. Or maybe it's the person at work who plays fast and loose with ethical situations. Are these situations difficult? Yes, absolutely. But do we know all there is to know about their situations? No. Is it really our place to elevate ourselves above someone whose actions that we may not agree with? No. We're to humble ourselves before the Lord and to love them as our neighbor, as ourselves. There's this phrase that we Southerners know to mean two totally different things, depending on the context. Bless your heart. You heard that phrase? More often than not, it is used as a condescending phrase, a polite way to say, well, you're not that bright now, are you? It's used to look down on somebody. Now, hopefully, when you and I say bless your heart, we truly mean it in a sympathetic way, right? That's the hope. But I imagine that this Pharisee is using this phrase in the not-so-nice way, 
I can imagine him saying, God, I thank you that I am not like everyone else, these crooks and these evildoers and these adulterers, or even like this tax collector. Bless his heart. Sometimes I'm a little more like this Pharisee than I care to admit. And perhaps you can relate. So what can we learn from this tax collector and this Pharisee in the temple? Well, perhaps one lesson is what it means to be right in the eyes of God. Oftentimes, we feel like we need to be good in order for God to look favorably on us. We go to church every Sunday. We tithe. We do our devotions. We pray in the morning and before we eat and before we go to bed. We give to the organizations that help people who struggle. We try to live a moral and an upright life just as the Pharisee tried to live a moral and upright life. This Pharisee was a part of a religious group that relied on laws and oral tradition to navigate how to live out their faith, much like we do. Their faith was very important to them, so they did their best to follow the laws and the tradition that they had, that they had grown up learning, even to the point of being legalistic about it. You can hear how important it was to this Pharisee by listening to his prayer. He lived his life in a morally upright way, and he followed all the laws in order to be a good follower of God. The Pharisee is doing what he believes that God wants. He desires to follow God through his faith tradition, and we need to acknowledge his efforts and his desire. Yet, he misses the mark on what it truly means to be made right with God. And that is to humble himself before God. I have to wonder how often we've tried to diligently and sincerely follow God's will, but we somehow lost our way when we focus more on the rules and the regulations of our faith tradition and less on what we learn from Jesus' life and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The Pharisee believes that he is right with God in this parable because of his actions. He's not like crooks and evildoers and adulterers and tax collectors. He tithes and he fasts and he follows the religious guidelines of the day. Whereas the tax collector strikes his chest, he identifies himself as a sinner and he asks God for mercy. He doesn't identify how he follows God. He doesn't express in any way how he follows the religious guidelines. And yet he's the one made right with God. Why? Because his prayer is genuine. It comes from his heart. His prayer comes from a place of humility. In contrast, I believe the Pharisee does not pray from the heart. Although his actions are good, they do not come from a place that desires to connect with God in an authentic way, in humility, in submission. God wants us to live a moral and upright life. God wants us to pray. God wants us to care for the vulnerable. But if these things are not done in love for God and for God's children, these actions are a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. 1 Corinthians 13 says, If I speak in tongues of human beings and of angels, but I don't have love, I'm a clanging gong or a clashing cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I know all the mysteries and everything else, and if I have such complete faith that I can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. 
If I give everything that I have and hand over my own body to feel good about what I've done, but I don't have love, I receive no benefit whatsoever. In order to be right with God, we need to come to God with humility and love. In order for our actions to be truly transformational, they must be done in love for God, not love for self. We are flawed, but we are also good, beautiful humans. We are created in the image of God. The tax collector has many flaws. His sins are not named, but we know it was common for tax collectors to oppress people and to cheat them from their earnings. Yet his cry for mercy and his humility as he comes to pray before God, it shows a recognition that he has done wrong and a desire to be better. It shows a love for God. Now we're not told what happens when the tax collector leaves the temple. Does he truly repent and change his ways? We're not told. But the, the parable implies that he does because his heart has changed. Relationship with God becomes his focus. He has been made right with God. Jesus tells this parable to show how our attitude should be as we approach God in prayer. But he also guides us in other practices of prayer. He teaches us how to pray by regularly moving away from the crowds and spending time alone with God. Jesus spends time sitting in God's presence without speaking. He just listens. And he spends time sitting in God's presence and talking with God, not at God, with God. Jesus needs that one-on-one -on -one time with God in order to live out his days in the way that God calls him. How much more do we need to sit in God's presence one-on-one -on -one with God? Listening, conversing, learning, renewing our spirits so that we can live out our days in the ways of God. Prayer is an integral part of life for people of the Jewish faith, for Jesus and for his disciples. And prayer is a fundamental part of our lives as we live out our faith as followers of Christ. We can learn much from this parable. When we spend less time comparing ourselves to others, when we stop talking at God but instead converse with God, when we come to God with humility and with love, we are made right with God. We learn that we are flawed humans and, and we are forgiven and loved and lifted up as children of God. And we learn that authentic prayer is at the very foundation of our relationship with God. All of these are important, but we can't have any of it if we don't first have love. In Luke chapter 10, we hear an interaction between Jesus and a legal expert the legal expert asks Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus responds, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Let's pray. God, we come to you this morning thankful for your holy presence in our lives. We praise you because you are love. 
We come to you this morning asking you to help us to know when our actions do not reflect that love. Help us not become too focused on ourselves, but to come to you in humility. Help us recognize that the love that you have for each of us and teach us to share that same love with every person that we encounter because they are created in your image. Let us be a reflection of your love, God. In your son's precious and holy name, amen.